Hello, Les Raymond here with the Mindful Movement. Whether you are about to enjoy one of Sarah's beautiful meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to remind our community that the best way to support the Mindful Movement is to support the companies that make this happen. Sarah and I are very picky about the companies we choose to work with, and we are grateful to have the relationships we have and to share them with our listeners. You can learn more about our affiliates through our website by clicking on the Favorites tab. We are excited to have recently added Sunlighten as an affiliate. They make state-of-the-art infrared saunas, and their founder, Connie, came on for a recent interview if you would like to listen. Our Sunlighten sauna has been a family favorite for over a decade. Some of our most popular affiliates are the grounding mats from Ultimate Longevity, which we sleep on every night, and the Apollo Neuro, which Sarah is now wearing daily to help manage stress. When you support these brands, you in turn are supporting the mindful movement and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. I'm excited about this episode. It's about all things essential oils. I have Dr. Eric Zielinski, who's wrote three, written three books on this topic, so he's taken the deep dive for us, and he's here to share some of his wisdom. I have a little bit of intro to essential oils from like yoga classes, and I'll put a few drops in an Epsom salt bath. But, and I, but I always knew there was like a whole world to these things that I was unaware of. They seem to have some kind of embedded magic in them. So I'm excited to learn more. I know personally, I seem to get triggered by some uh, like cleaning chemicals and different things that we always seem to have in our environment, especially in our home. And I'm always looking for opportunities to, to clean that space and to make it, it so that it just facilitates a greater life for me and my family as much as possible. So I'm excited to learn how I could implement these and maybe swap out some of those yucky chemicals that I feel are just toxic to our bodies. So I'm excited to learn more. I hope you enjoy the show and I want to thank you again for tuning in. Hello and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond, and I want to thank you all for joining me today for another episode uh, I have Dr. Eric Zielinski on today. Dr. Eric Zielinski, I'm sorry, is an aromatherapist, a health researcher, a chiropractor, the author of The Healing Powers of Essential Oils and The Essential Oil Diet. I am really excited about this interview because I know very little about essential oils, even though I use them fairly regularly. So it's always been in the back of my mind, like, what am I doing with these things and what are they? So I'm really excited about getting some context and some education today. Uh, Dr. Zielinski, please say hello to the Mindful Movement audience. Well, hello and less thanks, man. I really appreciate this. This is, uh, you know, in the context of the discussion today, there's a lot, a lot that people can take out of this. And I just want to encourage people that you're going to learn the basics of essential oils and aromatherapy, but how they can enhance your life, how they can help prepare you for 
you name it. There's a lot of things that we could do when it comes to using essential oils to prep for your health, your emotions, your your mental well-being. The sky's the limit. So I am excited. Awesome. Well, I do want to get into, I guess, aromatherapy 101 and yep. you know, answer the question of what are these things. But um, maybe first tell us a little bit more about you and how you even got into them. You know, let me say like you, I think you and I share this. Uh, we have wives that are maybe more into the aromatherapy than we are, right? And so when I met my beautiful, beautiful wife at the time, she always smelled good. She looked good. She was always glistening. And I didn't realize until we got married, her routine and her routine is pretty intense. I mean, she does her stuff and she does it regularly, like right out of the shower and and throughout the day. And so I just thought, hey, that's my wife. She smells good. She looks good. Um if, if I had an issue, I never thought, literally, I never thought of going to essential oil for a health condition until at the time I was a public health researcher, one of my clients commissioned me to write a series of public health reports on oils. It's like, well, I got to learn now. And I had to read hundreds of research studies. And we started we started together as a collaborative approach. We started looking at the um, anti-diabetic, the blood glucose balancing, the anti-inflammatory, which is a big thing, by the way, like the inflammation um, soothing properties of essential oils, because that can help with pain, that could help with disease prevention, that could help with you name it. And I, one thing after another, even blood pressure, even cytotoxic to cancer cells, like what is this stuff? Well, that opened up my mind. And then I went to my wife and maybe your wife's not as tongue in cheek as mine. But I went to my wife. I'm like, do you know this? Do you know this? She's like, uh, yeah, I've been trying to tell you that. I'm like, no, you haven't. She goes, yes, I have. And she was right. You know, when I had an issue like a pimple or whatever, it might be an infection, she would recommend a natural therapy, like an oil. And I just take it for what it was. Typical guy, grin and bear it, did nothing. I just like, oh, I'll, I'm all right. I don't need anything. Um, but it wasn't until my daughter, who was a baby at the time, now she's 12 years old and she had 104 temperature, 104. Most parents would freak out and go to the doctors or the hospital at that kind of temperature. And that's kind of what they teach you. You know, I'm a chiropractor. That's what they teach you is like, hey, if it's over 102, you have to recommend to your, your patient that they go to the emergency room. Well, my wife said, hey, just hold on a second. She got some diluted, and a diluted meaning she got some coconut oil and then that acted as a carrier oil, like a drop of peppermint, a drop of orange. And she gave the baby a complete back head foot massage within 20 minutes that 104 temperature went down to 101 i was like whoa what is this stuff the next day the temperature was you know whatever it was like 100 it was still a fever but she did it again and the temperature then went down to normal within another day the baby was good that just opened my mind to the true healing power of essential oils and so what are they i mean to answer your other question what are these things they are volatile organic compounds meaning volatile they evaporate so to put this into perspective, a couple different things. When you put your nose into a rose, you smell a physical product, a physical particle being emitted from the, the blossom. It's actually something. It, it's tangible. You don't, you don't see it. You don't taste it. You can't touch it, but it's floating. It's the same smell particles that when you walk into an arts and crafts store like Michael's and you just get Boom, it just hits your heart. It's like, what is all this? It's usually cinnamon and vanilla. Those fake fragrances at the store, they hit you because they're, they're in the air. And what those particles do is they interact with your nasal mucosa, the nerve cells in your nose. That stimulates the olfactory system. And this is what it all boils down to, is the healing power of smell. 
the olfactory system has a direct connection to your brain, the limbic system, your primal mood, your emotions, your memory. That's why, like me, and it's never, it's really funny. It's always when I have an interview like this, but I never think of my first girlfriend ever unless, you know, no offense to her. She's a nice lady, Becky. I love you. I appreciate you. But I never think of my first girlfriend when I was 18 years old, unless I walk by a woman who wears, who is wearing the perfume that she was wearing when she was 18. Think about that. It hits me. Muscle, it's, it's, the, it's like, it's the most powerful, potent way of, re, of, of promoting memory, emotions, and mood. And unless I'm having an interview like this, I don't think of my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, right? My first, you know, that was a kid. But the same thing is, is how powerful Thanksgiving dinner can smell for people who had positive memories around Thanksgiving. The turkey just reminds you of grandma and grandpa. But what if you had a traumatic experience during the holidays and Thanksgiving dinner kind of gives you that little, oh, I don't know, I don't really like the holidays. Well, that's the flip end of this. So essentially what we do in aromatherapy is to capitalize on that memory, the mood, the emotion from an inhalation standpoint. But I take it one step further. Because what do you think your drug of choice, your over-the-counter, was based off of? It's not like a chemist invented the aspirin chemical structure in a lab. Well, they got the chemical structures from plants. They got the structure from the willow tree. And so we've known for years that willow tree has analgesic pain relieving properties. So what chemists have done is they've taken the essential oil out of the plants. They get the chemical compounds and like, okay, let's manufacture it. That's where you get your aspirin. That's where you get your antibiotic from. That's where you get your XYZ from. Every drug that's being used right now has been based on, in part, to the chemical structures that we see in plants. And then they just manufacture it, put a shiny white coat on it, and boom. So I just want to paint the big picture here is before the advent of the antibiotic, essential oils were combat medicine for World War I, World War II. That's what the medics used in their cases to help with gangrene infection, clove, oregano, lavender, tea tree, lemongrass, like antifungal, anti-inflammatory, antiviral properties. From, so they were, and they were administered how? Like smelling them? Topically. Yeah, primarily topically and ingesting. But the thing about ingesting is we need to be careful because ingesting, you know, right. We talked a little bit about oregano before the call that that could burn your throat. I mean, that could literally burn you. Definitely. So you, when you ingest an essential oil, we always recommend in a capsule form, like a gel capsule, or we enjoy the culinary aspect of it. Like you've never have tasted real, real guacamole unless you put a drop of lime and drop of cilantro. It's like, because the problem with dried herbs, we can use fresh, of course, but the problem with dried herbs, it, it, it evaporates out the essential oil. So not only is that flavor burst gone, but the healing properties of it. And again, dried herbs are very good. They're nice. They're medicinal. But one drop of cinnamon bark has the same effect as like a tablespoon of cinnamon bark powder. And if you're trying to balance blood glucose naturally, well, think about it. So yes, there's safety and there's all kinds of different ways that we teach people. I just want to paint the picture though. And I'll end with this because this is fascinating. Out of all the essential oils used and manufactured, you know, of all the oils manufactured, the food and flavor industry consumes as an industry more than 50%. Like, what do you think flavors your Coca-Cola? What do you think flavors your peppermint and patty? Anything that has a flavor to it, it's either synthetic or an actual version of an essential oil. So it's everything. Can we rewind a second? You mentioned something um, with the cinnamon and you said 
alluding to the fact that, you know, if you want to balance blood sugar, yeah. use the oil instead of fresh cinnamon. So how does that work? Like how does cinnamon oil help balance blood glucose levels? It how increases does this... insulin sensitivity. Do you know how it does that or? Similar mechanism as, as metformin, as the drugs that, that, I mean, really this just like the drug. And is metformin a model after a certain plant too? Like you mentioned, willow bark was kind of used for aspirin as a template or a model, I guess. Like the, I guess the earth already has the answer somewhere on it. And then the labs yeah. try to find them and then mimic them so they could patent something or make money or whatever. But yeah, that's essentially what it is. Do you know, so with the, with the metformin one, do you know if metformin is a model off a particular plant or? I can't state whether it's a direct, whether the manufacturer said, hey, this is what cinnamon bark is, but we know that the quantity, the, the properties of cinnamon bark, for example, and also Melissa oil, which is known as lemon balm, um, these oils have an insulin sensitivity you know, effect. And so there, again, I'm not a chemist, so I can't explain the exact mechanism of how it works, but the mechanism itself is known. And then the chemist just, okay, let's just manufacture the carbons and the nitrogen, how we should, and let's go forward on that. But it is, um, it's a good question because what, what do people do? And now that we know with metformin is, is the dangers of consuming this drug for years and years and years. And we're seeing it causes other issues, other chronic conditions. And so if there's a way of looking at especially type two diabetes naturally, well, we should much rather go that approach through diet, through exercise, through maybe herbs and essential oils versus just resigning ourselves to taking a drug like a baby aspirin. There's nothing worse, arguably, for, to, to advise anyone de facto because you're a senior citizen to take a baby aspirin for the rest of your life. And, and that's to me, completely irresponsible for a medical doctor just to say, like my father, his medical doctor, yeah, you want to start taking a baby aspirin every day just for prevention, you know, just in case you get a stroke. Well, what do you mean just in case? I'm not going to take chemotherapy low dose just in case I get cancer. And people don't realize what that does is, is the body, there is, how about this? Let me, let me, here's another big thing. There are zero, unless of course allergies, that's always there. There are zero side effects to using an essential oil if you're using them properly. Of course, there's allergies. There could be drug interaction, but I'm talking just straight up side effects. There is always going to be a side effect to every single drug. I because can speak to a side effect, by the way. If I, so my experience, well, I, I guess I used to take like a yin yoga class locally, and the instructor would start every class by giving us like a couple drops of um, – it was lavender mixed with something, I want to say maybe sandalwood or something like that. And you put it on your hands and she would recommend it, put it on your feet. Mm -hmm. I put it on my feet and sure enough, it was, you know, it's hard to decipher because you're in a, a relaxing yoga class. I know I would get like profoundly relaxed. Yeah. So it was hard to, I didn't really have a control of whether they were contributing the, the uh, oils, but it, I definitely got the sense that they were contributing. So, um, I take uh, like Epsom salt baths as part of like recovery. I do a lot of like strength training and I feel like the Epsom salt bath is just a really useful tool as um, like part of my lifestyle to manage recovery. And I got in the habit of putting some lavender in there and, you know, same kind of fact, just a little extra relaxation and it smells good to me. Uh, and so like one day 
I took a bath and I, my wife has like a set of all kinds of oils and like, I don't know what they're for. I know what they're called and, you know, they smell like, you know, the thing that it's labeled maybe, but I don't know like the use of it. And um, I put, I think peppermint and eucalyptus in the tub and Mm -hmm. probably did not do that. You said, as long as they're used properly, I don't think I did it properly. Mm. And I was in for like a nightmarish couple hours where I was like, my skin was burning. Yes. It was, and I'm sure I just did it wrong. Like, I, I don't know if it had to be like diluted first, but yeah, I guess exactly. the, they don't mix well. Like when I do lavenders, you know, just a few drops and it does the trick. But I don't know. I probably had 10 to 20 drops of each in a tub. They weren't pre-mixed in anything. It was yep. a great lesson to learn. I won't yes. I won't do it again. But um, it does it does make me think like these are really powerful and you it's important to have some direction, just like when you go to the doctor, let's say the time that you do need a pharmaceutical. I mean, there's usually a pretty detailed plan. They don't, the doctor just doesn't say here, take these mm-hmm. um, as you please or experiment or whatever. There's a dose. And I, I guess um, people have to be aware that I guess based on what you're using it for and what you're using and how you're applying that there is a right way to do it, to reduce any risks. Um, any, any like ideas of how to approach that or what are common things to look for when using these? You make a great point about using essential oils topically. Neat. Neat means undiluted. So going back to what essential oils are, they're volatile organic compounds, like little oil sacks, essentially that are, that are in plants, tree bark roots. It takes a considerable amount of plant matter to distill it, steam distillation to get one itty bitty bottle. So we're talking, you know, what is it? Three and a half, so four pounds of lavender. Again, think about the weight of just a lavender blossom, four pounds of that to get one itty bitty bottle of lavender. And so that's exceptionally concentrated. So yes, they're, they're, they're man made because you're not going to find a lavender pool in a lavender field. And I think that's important because you can't treat it like you would an herb that you could find out outside. You can't treat it like you can a piece of fruit or a tree bark that you can just see outside. And so with that, because the concentration, I'm convinced that our bodies have not been designed by God to interact with these in its pure, unadulterated sense. Because what you'll see in nature is that there's always a protection layer between like animal use and plant use and the essential oil. And so for us, again, I don't know if people are watching right now, but these drops, this is liquid medicine. And so what you did is what I did, and what many people do at first until you hurt yourself and like, oh, this isn't good, is, is you could have, well, actually caused potential contact dermatitis. If you do it again, what known as an allergic reaction, like you could have caused sensitization. What happens is the body sees so much. It's like an onslaught. Too much of a good thing is still too much. So what your body could have done, anyway, you just essentially burn yourself. It was like a minor, minor chemical burn. But because, again, they're safe and because it wasn't too much, you didn't have open sores. But people have had rashes, open sores. They burn themselves, like second-degree burns. And so the solution is using a carrier oil. 
And that brings us to nature because nature, again, is, is in its whole form. So when you're cutting a lime or a lemon and you smell that beautiful aroma, it's because the essential oil is encapsulated in the rind. But the rind is also filled with other fatty substances and is filled with fiber and it's filled with a protective layer. So what we need to do is kind of take that natural way that things are in nature and bring it in home. And what I would recommend for you, Les, is very simply, even lavender, I still wouldn't do it straight. Um, get, get like a tablespoon of olive oil, not coconut oil, because coconut oil, mark my words, can and probably will harden your pipes, especially you being up north. Um, and we've had a friend of ours use so much coconut oil in his sinks and his body care that he ended up clogging like 100 feet worth of pipe underground. It was, it was horrible, poor guy. So get some olive oil, just a tablespoon of olive oil and put in three or four drops of lavender. And you mix that olive oil and, and your Epsom salts and your essential oil first. So now it's pre-diluted and then you let that run. Now, peppermint, I don't know if I would necessarily, I would maybe use a drop, if not two at the most. Um, eucalyptus, the same thing, just because of the genitalia. You got to really, we have to consider we have very sensitive parts, but again, one or two drops in an entire bath that's already pre-diluted with a tablespoon. There's virtually no risk to that. Um, so I want to encourage folks that again, if you use them properly, and in my book, The Healing Power of Essential Oils, I have a chart because people, when I mention math and percentages, they're like, whoa, they freeze up. They, they, go, they have PTSD to sixth grade calculus, right? And so we want to go to a one to 2% dilution at the most. And so that means in a nutshell, one drop of essential oil per, um, let's say, you know, 100 drops of a carrier oil. That's a 1% right? Just one gotcha. of 100. So it's like, okay, what does that mean in tablespoons and ounces? And so we help you with all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, that would have been useful then. But you know, sometimes you just got to learn the hard way. <laughs> I did. I did. I burned myself. I had a pimple and I have acne prone skin and I, I really damaged my gut when I was a kid. We had a, my, again, my, my family didn't know. Um, just living the American life, a lot of antibiotics when I was a kid. And I really right. had poor gut health bad cystic acne, greasy skin. And I remember when I had my revelation, I didn't want to take drugs or over-the-counter stuff. I really wanted to go natural. I had a pimple. I searched up Dr. Google. And one of the first things Dr. Google told me was natural ways of treating a pimple is oregano. Well, the article I read, this was what, 10, 15 years ago, didn't say, hey, you need to dilute the oregano. So I just, it actually said, take a drop of oregano and just place it on your pimple. Your, it burned. And not only burned, but it caused more pimples. It caused more eruptions because I had like a quarter size red mark on my skin. Hmm. And I was like, well, that's not good. I don't like this stuff anymore. Well, if I would have diluted it to a 1% dilution and put a little dab, that's how you approach gotcha. the bacteria that causes pimples. And so, so it's really again, like, Sorry, to cut you this. So these are really like highly concentrated part, like mm -hmm. plant material. So it's the oil of the plant, but because they use so much plant to make that amount of oil, it's just super, super concentrated. Um, so they, they, you basically always need to be diluting these, no matter how you're using. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's unless combat met met medicine. Like when my son. Um, didn't listen to me and we're on a hike and he's running downhill. He hit his head on the ground and he had a big gash. I put straight lavender on it because that's, I know that that would help and that would soothe, but it would also kill the bacteria and any kind of infection that that's fine. Right. But when it comes down to it, no, like 99.9% .9 of all your use, you never need to just use these things neat. 
and you're wasting money. And I want yeah. to encourage you folks, um, for those of us who really are trying to make sure that our, our, our children get to enjoy these, we're wasting them. And there is a huge concern with, with sustainability. And we're, we're consumerizing plants to extinction right now in the essential oil space mm. and other oils like frankincense and some are on endangered species list right now because, hey, thank God we have you know, the ability to buy these things, but it's too much. And so you'll find one drop goes a long way. And again, you follow the recipes that are traditional, but also research. And this is something that's really cool. As a researcher, it's not just what the traditional aromatherapists have shared. It's like, okay, here's what scientists are evaluating in a lab. And they always dilute as well because they realize it's how the body interacts as well. Meaning this, if you just put a drop of oil on your skin, for example, it's going to immediately start to evaporate. And that's what vol volatility is. That's what a volatile organic compound is. Well, if you have a carrier oil, a fatty substance, it acts as a barrier. So it helps open up the pores so that the essential oil can penetrate in the bloodstream, which it does. So you get the healthy chemicals in your bloodstream to help systemically. Again, this is how some people are treating disease, right? But it also helps protect so you're just not off-gassing and wasting this stuff too. So it has a dual purpose. And so, you know, same thing when you're ingesting in an essential oil. And this diffuser that you see behind me only got like four or five drops and they'll last all day. So four or five drops last all day. I got a whole, you know, a bottle's worth. That's like a month's plus worth, just a little itty bitty bottle. I got a month's worth of quote wallflower or aerosol right in my diffuser. But so instead what, do you, of, what do you have in there, doc? Like, what do you, ooh. what's your go-to diffusing while uh, being interviewed on a podcast? That's a good question. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm, um, I go in phases in this phase. I've been really outdoorsy kind of phase. And maybe we can talk about forest bathing, but I'm, I'm bringing my forest bathing. So I have the spruce, I have the Douglas fir, I have pine, I have um, um, cypress, and what's the other one? Uh, cedar wood. So I really have this earthy kind of like I'm outside in nature smell um, because I've been doing, I just actually wrote my next book. It's, it's being edited by my publisher right now. And I talk a lot about forest bathing and how beneficial it is just to be outside in nature and just inhale like nature's aromatherapy. And I'm bringing that in here. And it's wonderful because these oils have been shown in research to stimulate natural killer cells, to boost the immune function, to help with mood and help you manage stress. And they stimulate the parasympathetic system, which is your rest and digest. It gets you, again, this is all science. This is what people are taking Xanax for. This is what people are taking benzodiazepines for. And folks that follow the protocols in the in our essential oil world, they're finding themselves weaning themselves off of drugs, and they're finding themselves feeling again. And for those people, and myself included, who have been victimized by misuse of medication, or essentially using medication to self medicate for mental health issues, that, that's all a story that I have in my past, you lose the ability to feel. And that's a scary place where you're constantly like numb. So you don't really get joy. You don't really get sad. It's like you don't experience the spice of life. And, and you know, I want to help people get free from that because I know what that's like. That's almost worse than being depressed. I'd rather be depressed than I would be numb. At least, you know, because when you feel joy, it's like, wow, I feel joy. It's so much better than depression. So anyway, I say that to say there are ways and there are things that you could do to accomplish 
virtually all of your health goals naturally. And at the core of what we do is we utilize aromatherapy and essential oils. That's awesome. So like you could be sitting in your desk and at work for the day, whatever, and essentially your, your body and your nervous system kind of feel like it's outside in the woods. Cause you mm-hmm. can't just be out there all the time. And yeah, you know, I, I don't think that would like this, I guess is some form of supplementation way. Like, I don't feel like it takes yes. the place of getting your ass outside and get some sun and get some exactly. trees around you. But what a great way to, I guess, like work in the benefits of technology. The fact that they know how to condense these, yep. you know, healing compounds that the earth provides into this usable form. Yes. It could be worked into your lifestyle. I mean, 94% pretty- of our life is spent indoors. Sure yeah. 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 For I've been making people. a point myself too, to really try to get outside as much as possible. So you mentioned force baiting. Is that like a, uh, a routine practice for you? It, it, it needs to be more, you know, you know, it needs to be daily, but you know, you have weather that prevents and you have other things and you have busyness, but it is definitely something because we have a forest right in the back of us, uh, our backyard, we have trails nearby, so I don't have to even drive. So for me, it's very convenient. Um, and I try, yeah, I try daily, if not a few times, just, and the thing is not just the thing that people need to recognize with forest bathing is it's an ancient Japanese um, tradition that you're, you're being, you don't do anything. I mean, you're not out there with a focal point to exercise. This isn't hiking. This is sitting and being, and it takes time and it's wonderful. It's true. It's, it's a meditative practice. And for me, the wonderful thing is having a new baby. We just had a baby a month ago. It, you know, a little baby Ezekiel has caused me just to kind of like, you know, I love that every time we have a five children. So every time we have a child, it's like, okay, this child needs you right now. And yeah, you can multitask, but I, I feel accountable. I feel accountable to give him the wonderful things that, that he needs like fresh air and sunlight and go outside in nature. And so I'll go out and I'll go on a walk. But the thing is, here's a funny thing. Like a lot of moms can probably relate to this. Are you doing it for yourself? Because most moms and pet owners will will go broke to make sure their pets and kids are taken care of, but heaven forbid they do anything for themselves. And I'm like that too. It's like, you know, as, as long as my family's taken care of, who am I? Well, this coronavirus thing really shook me up in a way where I, I need to take better care of me. I take care of a lot of people, but what about me? So I've been more intentional and, and not that I'm thankful that we've had lockdowns and quarantine, this craziness, but, but a lot of us have been forced with more time on our hands and the craziness of taking the kids at 15 things every day, that's gone for most people, right? Most people, your life just stopped and not in a bad way. This could be a great reset, but what are you doing with it? If you're binge watching Netflix with an aerosol and and I can't stress enough the danger of synthetic fragrances proven to cause neurocognitive disorders like Alzheimer's, dementia, allergies, asthma, cancer, autoimmunity. Our bodies have not been designed to interact with these non-essential oil compounds in your house all the time. And it's causing this sympathetic fight or flight constant state of stress. So if you're stuck at home and if your job sent you virtual, or if your kids are home now, create this environment in a way that's life-giving. And so for me, and I know you'll appreciate this, my, you know, with the mindful podcast 
how mindful are we with the time that we have? And I'm looking at it as a gift. And so when the baby came, it's like, wow, you know, maybe I was guilty a little bit of falling into the rat trap, even at home. And so may, a lot of you don't have a baby. I get that. You don't have an infant, but, but you're worth it. You're worth stopping the day. Even right now, I'll challenge you. Press pause on this podcast. Go outside for five minutes and just get some fresh air. I don't care if it's raining. Get an umbrella. We need that. You need to do what you need to do to give yourself and your soul a feeling of fulfillment. And especially being around in a place of beauty. See, I inhale the beauty. And it does. Lavender, rose, um, floral oils. You know, it's almost impossible not to feel happy when you're around a citrus oil like orange or lemon. I mean, they're proven antidepressants, proven antidepressants, mm. dopamine, serotonin response. That's a beautiful smell. And the body responds to beauty, visual beauty, audio beauty, olfactory beauty. It, it, it nourishes the soul. And we have utter control over our environment, utter control. And if there's one thing that I realized, most people in the world feel that they don't have control over anything anymore. Well, that's a lie. You do have control. You have control of a lot more than what you think you do. And if you're at home, you make that place an unbelievable, healthy, happy, life-giving safe haven. And a lot of folks are finding themselves with depression. I mean, suicides are skyrocketing themselves with mental illness right now because they're stuck indoors in a place that they hate. Well, now's this great reset. And maybe you don't have a blank check. I get it. But there are a lot of little things you could do to make you enjoy your environment better. And so when we talked about, you know, what, you know, like, I, I don't know how deep we want to get into the pandemic, but this situation didn't really affect my family and I much. And I think that's important. Because we were prepared for this because this is how we live. And yeah, we were inconvenienced. And I will be very, I, I'm humbled by saying this and it's heartbreaking. I, I lost a friend who committed suicide due to the stress and anxiety of this just a month ago. Um, we, we've been, yeah, you know, we've been affected, but it didn't ruin us. We're, we, because, and I'm not saying essential oils saved us, but when we got sick with this thing too, we knew what we did. We knew what we had to do. We had the respiratory essential oils. Like you mentioned, the eucalyptus and peppermint. We had protocols. We knew how to boost our immune system. Our kids had no symptoms. My wife and I got sick for a little bit and it sucked, but you know, got through it. But you know, the environment, I guess I can't stress enough, especially when we talk about mindfulness. We've been very mindful and intentional and we've created a life and it's taken years, but we've created a life that is life-giving. And so regardless of what circumstances are at us, regardless of what the next outbreak or pandemic or economic crisis is, we know how to protect our heart, our soul, our spirit, and how to thrive through that. And I want to encourage you all, you have it within you. You do, you have it within you. And you take little tips from this podcast and others that Les does, and, and you, you move forward in a positive light, celebrating the successes realizing that we live for today and the way that we live today prepares us for tomorrow. So if you're living like hell today, you're going to have a hellish tomorrow. Yeah, it's a, it's a great message. Um, and I know everybody's probably in a different situation and all have been affected different ways these last several months, but it's, you're right. I mean, it's definitely, 
never a bad time to make a positive step forward right now. And this does seem like something that I'm intrigued to see, like how to use these and inter integrate them in seamlessly where it's not a lot of work and I could, um, you know, create, I guess, a more inviting environment. Like I think about the people, like I am lucky also, I have woods out in my back. So I make a point to go out there and take a walk and yeah, I try not to do too much. I try just to be, sometimes I'll do like some eye exercises or some things and multitask a little bit. I'm a little obsessive about some of that stuff. But I'm very intrigued about the idea of being able to replicate some of those benefits in my house. Like I noticed that my my wife over the last year or so has gone cr crazy with plants. Like we went from having like one I plant in the house <laughs> to yeah to like 120 ish plants mm -hmm. in the house, and it's been a blessing, like a real gift to everyone in the in the house. And I'm wondering, like, huh? I wonder can I sit at my desk and basically bring the forest into my world with these, with, you know, a $20 diffuser or whatever. Yep. That's very, very intriguing to me. What are other like common, um, common tasks or activities that people would integrate in essential oils into something that is generally like routine for us? Like where, where else do you use them in your life? Yeah, I like, I like how you use the word routine because for us, we don't use, again, we're very blessed, a family of seven, um, we have no health conditions, no health concerns. So we use oils daily just as part of our routine, meaning body care. So the, every morning, our kids get ready for school and they know they oil up. I mean, we have a highly diluted mixture of orange and vanilla absolute or vanilla oleo resin and who does i mean we love it but who doesn't love that smell of a creamsicle or a dreamsicle or you know whatever it is that you have growing up orange julius drink that's that's liquid put them on their skin and that's what that's the first way we start out and in their kids we know that again it's good for their health because it helps moisturize their skin which is most people don't recognize the the importance of proper skin care and you need good moisturization because the skin is the first barrier of your immune system. I mean, let me tell you that again. Your first level, the first barrier of your immune system is your skin. And that's what they teach us in, in immunology. That's what your medical doctor is taught. So if you want to prevent, especially an airborne pathogen, you got to make sure your skin's intact. So people with dry, cracked, damaged skin, you know, a lot of folks have heard of leaky gut. Well, there's a condition known as leaky skin. It's the same concept. And so when you have leaky skin, like most people do, the chemicals that are on your body care and the, the phthalates and the cold tar and the bad chemicals that cause cancer, they're seeping in your bloodstream at a more rapid rate than if you had a healthy barrier. So what we do is we try to keep our skin healthy. And not only that, but again, going back to the citrus oils, we want to send our kids off in a happy mood. And I can't tell you how many times the teachers have come to us, especially when they first meet the kids, is that your kids always smell so good. They're always so happy. Well, yeah, they don't have a choice because we send them out. I mean, you really got to be intentional to be in a bad mood. And my son this morning was kind of in a crappy mood because he slept in and he didn't get the breakfast he wanted. I'm like, you know, he was, he, he purposed himself to be in a bad mood. And I'm like, don't do this. 
you know, you can get yourself out of that. But before that moment, he was happy until he, his expectation got let down. You know, here's the thing about essential oils. It is impossible, and this is actually a proven fact, they will produce the desired effect. They will produce regardless of what you think. If you want to produce a healthy mood, you can go to the bank with this stuff. Now it's your choice on whether or not you want to manifest it. And some people are curmudgeons. Like my son this morning was a curmudgeon. He just didn't want it. He was being stubborn. But everyone else were like, okay, cool. It is, they will have a predictable psychological effect. They'll have a predictable physiological effect on you. And that means sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. And a lot of folks that are really, really struggling emotionally, mentally, you might not feel it. You might not want it. And that's the other thing, self-loathing, right? So why am I talking about this in your routine? Make it part of your routine, your body care, your lotions, your potions, your toothpastes, everything. And the, here's a quick little, little um, hack for people like, okay, Dr. Z, I don't want to have to make all my stuff. I get it. And we also don't make all of our stuff either too. We get busy and we have five kids. So we, what we, our little secret is we buy like unscented XYZ. So let's say um, a body lotion, you get a non-toxic, healthy, simple body lotion at the store, non-scented. You put 15, 20 drops of, let's say orange essential oil, done. That's a quick little easy hack. Anyone can do that. Same thing with your shampoo. Again, there's little ratios. And again, you pick up the book to get all that little stuff, but it's in everything. And so it's also in our cleaning products because I don't know about you, but I have, a, I have a predictable physiological response when I go into the store like Walmart and I go down the cleaning aisle. It's disgusting. I gag. I literally gag. I'll get a headache. I'll gag and I'll feel yucky. It's like I, I have to hold my breath because I don't even go down the aisle. We need nothing in that aisle. But when I go in the store and I have to pass the aisle, I will literally hold my breath. I can't handle it. And, and let me give you a little side tip. If you don't have, maybe not like gagging, if you don't have a negative reaction to being in the cleaning aisle at the supermarket, that's a red flag that you have adapted to and you have desensitized your olfactory system. You cleanse the olfactory system by simply getting away from that stuff, kicking it out of your house, replacing it with healthy essential oil-based stuff. Now when you clean, it's actually a joy. You're not like, ugh, you know, when you're cleaning, you, you, you're, you're poisoning yourself. You'll go into the store and you realize, wow, I can't handle this anymore. See, that's the beauty of our adaptive immune system. Our body will or adapt to anything. It's only by the grace of God that we're alive. I mean, I'm convinced with the bad chemicals and the water and the air and the food, our bodies will adapt to virtually anything. We'll be like that tree that grows from a crack in a, in a rock. You know, that's us as people. But you'll know you'll know that your, your mind, your body, your soul will be sensitive to these things. So every aspect of life, and again, we don't use aerosols or plugins or poo-poo spray stuff. That's all essential oil-based because we want the real deal. And you find yourself, our hand sanitizer, we send out the kids, part of the school regimen that the kids go to school, they all get the little temperature thing um, and the kids get hand sanitizer. Well, we have an agreement and our school is very respectful of us. Well, we don't use toxic hand sanitizer. And unless you make your own or buy it, which is basically it, all it should be is alcohol, alcohol, non-toxic alcohol with essential oils. That's it. it. We won't let our children use that stuff. So we spray our kids with our own version of it. And that's it. It's very simple. 
It's so very you just simple. buy alcohol and then add essential oils to it? Yeah. But I mean, you, yeah, you, what you want to get in America, it's called Everclear. If you can get like whatever's 180 proof or whatever it is, you want the highest proof alcohol oh, that you like get. Oh, that's like booze you're talking about, like stuff you spike uh, oh, punch booze. with. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking like moonshine. I mean, that's the best thing. I mean, simple. That's that'll last you a long time. I mean, you you fill up the bottle, like you get a little spray bottle here, and you know, you fill this thing up with Everclear, the highest proof alcohol you can get, and then you put essential oils in it to enhance the smell. But more importantly, all oils are antimicrobial. They're antiviral, they're antifungal, they're antibacterial. Some oils work better for certain things than others, but as a whole. You can't go wrong with like your lemons or your lavenders or whatever it might be. The, the smells that you want to smell, right? Most people okay. don't really want to smell like oregano and I wouldn't advise oregano per right. se, but yeah, that's it. And it's very simple. You put like 15 or 20 drops in a glass spray bottle, done deal. If you want to put a little bit of aloe for more moisturization, you can do that too. Um, but yeah, when everyone's storming the stores earlier this year, buying hand sanitizer and soap and you couldn't find it, well, we're cool because we had it and we know how to make it. Yeah, that's and, interesting. I'm freaked yeah. out by that hand sanitizer. I, I own a gym, so we have to put out and we need large bottles. So I get these yeah. large things on like Amazon and I don't use it. Like it, I'm just like, what is that? Like, I know that I've had antibiotics and it's done a number on me that took me a long time to like build myself back from. And I'm like, well, why would I want to? I know that there's like bacteria and stuff that we need all over yeah. our skin. Why would I want to just put an antibiotic right on it? That's a smart way of looking at it. And, and what breaks my heart is the solution to what we're going through right now. You know, the medical solution right now is washing your hands and using hand sanitizer with antibacterial products, basically. Like that's gonna, that's a solution right here. That's causing more harm. Going back to leaky skin, hand sanitizer, in my opinion, is public enemy number one. Most hand sanitizers use a chemical called triclosan which is, has been a registered pesticide since 1969. It's just, it, it acts like you mentioned an antibiotic. It acts like a nuclear bomb. It destroys everything. And it's very toxic to the body. Again, this is a chemical byproduct, a chemical waste. It's nothing you should put on your skin because especially when your skin absorbs things, right? And so that is not the solution to the situation that we're in. And my heart goes out to you and it, it, it's not mind numbing. And maybe, I don't know if you can, but maybe, maybe they'll allow you to do a natural version of it. But at least for us, again, in our routine. Well, it's my gym. I could put whatever I want there, I guess. I never really considered putting a yeah. homemade one in there. It's I'm sure I would you. get complaints, man. I get complaints. I used to get complaints about like what channels the TVs offered. <laughs> like, it's amazing what people will complain about in a gym environment. But uh, I'm like, they should be happy they got here? a place to work out. <laughs> yeah. But now, like now, the complaints are all like mask related, or it's it's pretty it's pretty tough to engage in. Um, so you mentioned this term olfactory system. Does that basically refer to just I guess the integration of like our our nose as a sensory input and like the brain well, yeah so that so that's mm -hmm. basically the relationship that our nose has to our brain our nervous system and its role yeah it's a primal again the 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 limbic system is your primal brain and it was it's the first brain that develops when, when you're when you're a fetus and so it, at its core the evolutionary survival instincts of smell are, are key you smell smoke you leave you, you plants I'm sorry, animals rely heavily on their sense of smell to determine whether or not something is safe or not, right? We've desensitized that over many, many years. 
but the reality is it is the most direct way, the most direct way to impact your brain. And I guess to put a crude analogy, that's why cocaine addicts snort cocaine versus injecting it. You will impact your brain immediately versus injecting, which takes time because it has to run through the blood system, has to go through the heart and it has to be um, systemic. So it's powerful. It's immediate. It's powerful. And science has only recently been investigating the power of smell. I mean, that, there's no other way of saying it. Just, just the healing power of essential oils. You know, the title of my book, I kind of got that from research that, you know, Harvard and Yale were talking about the power of smell, the healing power of smell. Like, wow, this is really, this is really impactful. And folks don't recognize it could go the opposite way as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I know personally that I've definitely have a history of getting like triggered, I guess, my nervous system, I could tell gets triggered from like, yeah, the, the aisle with the cleaning products. Or um, I remember as a kid going to like department stores with like my mom and my sisters, like I'd have to hold my breath when you walked in, they always had this big perfume section That's around the entrance. And I, I remember it was like a personal challenge. I, di I didn't tell I remember I, it was like a secret to myself, I would go in there like, here we go. And I would like challenge how long I could hold my breath to get yeah. through it. And I, I still notice that. And it makes me wonder, because now I know that there's so many things in our house that we don't even think of, like the toxins that are being put off that we're exposed to that we don't notice, because maybe they don't smell to a point where we notice it, whether it's like the formaldehydes in the materials of our mm -hmm. sofa or whatever. And I'm wondering, like, if having some background essential oil going going on is a way to almost let the nervous system re like can your nervous system pick that up and then resonate with that to kind of supersede whatever can you like overpower that and let your brain say hey, don't freak out about these other things that might be triggering the immune system because there's this nice scent here that you know oh we understand what this is this is natural this is cypress or you know one of those things you mentioned you got in your um really for those that are watching now listening a really beautiful diffuser thing on your counter there like does something like that allow our nervous system kind of behind the scene where we're not really privy to the conversation mm -hmm. where it can pick that up and say ah when you're in the presence of all this other crap that even though we don't notice it it's probably affecting us like the materials in your even in your clothing or your your furniture or your the paints on your walls are like they could they're negatively affecting us they're not something our body likes even though we might be used to it and we don't notice it because we don't we don't sense a smell or so you're, you're talking about yeah you're talking about two different neural pathways you're talking about this this the autonomic nervous system autonomic means it happens without you even knowing it your heart beating you i mean even breathing most people don't consciously breathe every single breath of the day. You just, oh, wow, I just took 100 breaths this last 10 minutes. I didn't realize that. So the autonomic ner nervous system is controlled by the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems. And so what you're talking about is the toxins stimulate the parasympathetic, I'm sorry, stimulate the sympathetic, which is fight or flight. Like, hey, there's some danger here. It's like the saber-toothed tiger, let, let's run from this danger. The, the parasympathetic is this rest and digest. It's calm, it's peace. It gets to a place where you can metabolize your food and it's where procreation comes from it's 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 the system that is required for a man to have an erection 
um, people don't recognize that. And so it's really hard for men who are co constantly chronically stressed. It's a main cause of erectile dysfunction is because you're just constantly in the sympathetic state. You got to be in the parasympathetic state. Again, for guys, that's why you wake up sometimes with an erection because you're sleeping, which is a good thing. And that's actually a sign of a good, healthy nervous system. So anyway, we can talk, have a little sex class later for the guys, but um, women think about that too. You know, are you, are things stale in the bedroom? Are, are you really looking for to help your, your partner, your spouse, your husband, um, get them chilled out, you know, maybe give him uh, a nice lavender neck rub or foot rub at night. And just, uh, he won't even realize what's happening. Next thing you know, his body will calm. And that's where you want to be. So that's really what you're talking about here. So yes, in theory, yes, you could do that. But I'm going to go one step further. I have an air purifier in each level of our home. We have a finished basement where my office is and on main level and, you know, like, like a typical colonial um, two-story two home in America. We have air purifiers that help take that off gassing. And I want to also point out, we don't have to freak out. I mean, paint on a wall that was painted 20 years ago. Okay, you're good. But okay. the concern is the same reason why you're mentioning, like, I'm thinking a bed, you buy a bed, and the bed comes wrapped. And then the, the delivery people take this big hunk of bed up in your bedroom, and they unwrap it. it's like, whoa, this smell, like, you might want to keep that outside in the garage for a couple of days, or maybe outside in fresh air to help that off gas, I'd rather off gas that outside than in my home. But after a while, the off-gassing essentially will just stop. Um, and yes, I, I'm not personally concerned about, you know, five years after buying a bed. But if you can get a non-toxic bed, a clothes, you know, could be just cotton. You'll find that there isn't as much off-gassing as you might think or be worried about if you're just trying to live a healthy lifestyle. But for like us, there's there's no perfection in this. That's why we have an air purifier. And um, I guess a shameless plug is, it, well, let me ask you, do you, do you recommend one to your audience? Because I have one I recommend. It works great. But what, an air I'm, purifier? Yeah. No, I don't. Which one do you, you recommend? You need one. I recommend well, We have doctor. a bunch in the house, but I don't know if it's one. I don't know if it's like, uh, I don't know if I would recommend it. It's just okay. the one that we have. I recommend the air doctor. And if anyone's interested, yeah, it it literally changed our life because we had toxic mold in our last house. Um, our, we had a crack in the foundation. It flooded every time. It was miserable. Every time it rained, we'd have a flood in the basement. We had mold. And my wife and I both developed pneumonia. The kids started getting sick all the time. So we ended up moving. Um, but it was, it was during that time, it was the air doctor that really saved us. Um, HEPA filters, you know, these things filter out viral size particles right between the lines. And that's the reason why we have an air doctor in every one of my kids' schools. Because one of the reasons why my school has been, our kids' school has been able to open up, again, without masks, without social distancing, because we have air purification in every room, you know, they temperature check, they, they make sure they do the hand sanitizer stuff, whatever, but they do the precautionary. And the big thing was air purification. So I, yeah, I recommend air doctor, um, go to my website, uh, naturallivingfamily.com. I wrote a product review. I just explained how it works. I actually interviewed the, the inventor of it and he explained, but you need to do that. I think that's, I don't know how someone can, can really live a healthy life and a life that isn't constantly being bombarded with stressors and, and negative stimuli, especially when you're stuck indoors more than you normally are, right? During this crazy season of ours. Air, purif air purifier is a must, complete must. And 
Um, so when you're having air purifier, that's helping the toxins, but you also have the essential oils. So now it's like, okay, now we're, now we're net positive because otherwise essential oils can't counteract. Now I will tell you though, there have been some studies, pretty fascinating how, you know, in clinical settings, essential oils have been shown to kill, literally kill the flu virus, um, you know, in the air. I mean, just think about that. And, and before we're talking about the coronavirus, what my wife and I used to do is we have this, it's a blend. And the nice thing is most essential oil companies have their quote unquote immune boosting blend. It's a combination of clove. For those who've taken notes, if you want to make your own, it's equal parts of clove, cinnamon bark, eucalyptus, rosemary, lemon, and orange oil. All these oils combine. Now, young Can you say those again? Clove, yeah. cinnamon. Clove cinnamon bark, eucalyptus, rosemary, lemon, and orange. Now, Young Living, they have their blend. They call Thieves Oil. doTERRA has their blend. They call On Guard. Um, Eating Gardens has their blend. They call it like immune defense or whatever. Like everyone has their version of this. It's the same basic formula. It's just a little bit of here, a little bit of there kind of thing, right? And so you can make your own. And it is an immune boosting blend that's been shown clinically to kill the flu virus. So whenever the flu season came, and we're in flu season right now at the time we're, we're filming this, recording this, right? November, whatever it is today. Yeah, just November starting. 17th, like this is flu season. There'll so be no we, flu though. It'll all be COVID for sure. We know that. <laughs> yes, actually, that's a good point. So normally in the season, we now put the immune boosting blend in our little hand sanitizers for the kids, in our body care lotion in the diffuser, right? And that kind of stuff in our cleaning products. I mean, we have a counter spray. I mean, the recipes in my book and that kind of stuff. And, and then in summertime after flu season, we like being happy and joyful. So we'll use the citrus oils or Christmas time. My wife's a Christmas junkie. We have like this Christmas cookie blend, which is like yum with peppermint and some other like vanilla stuff. Oh, that um, cool. We are using essential oils. So do you have oils. your own line of oils? No, no. Good question. Um, that is something we don't do on purpose. So we have the legitimate freedom to speak about the healing properties of essential oils. If I sold a product, the FDA would have refrained 95% of what I said today. Right. Um, so is there a, a line that you like recommend or? We can't and nor do we. We've, we've taken a nice strong stance oh, okay. of being a non-branded, but in the book. That's refreshing. Thanks. Yeah. We but... teach people though how to find a good brand though. Gotcha. And it's not hard by the way. And I'll let you know, there are several good brands out there. And I'll leave you one tip is that transparency is a big deal. So good essential oil companies will have a batch specific report of the oil. It's called the GCMS, a gas chromatography mass spectrometry report. Essentially, it's like the blood panel. Bottom line, you could go to ready lab next door place, get your blood panel for your heart disease risk factors today, if you wanted to give them a hundred bucks and they, they take your blood and then they'll give you a report in a week. Well, that report is an executive summary. It essentially says within normal limits, without normal limits, that's it. That's basically what the GCMS is. It says, this is normal. This is not normal. There's adulterants, there's pesticides, there's anything. There's synthetic or not. It'll let you know. And obviously I would think that no company would be selling something that is synthetic or fake that has a report that says this is crap. Right. And so what these companies do is it's a level of 
accountability. They invest millions of dollars every year to get their stuff tested because the FDA is not doing it. The FTC doesn't care. And no one's monitoring this stuff. Same thing with supplements. Fact is, folks, supplements and essential oils, it's the wild, wild west. Anyone, you right now can get a bottle of water, put it in a bottle and sell it on um, Amazon a little and call it like frankincense oil and sell it for a hundred bucks. And who's going to stop you uh, until you get caught or sued. But a lot of people don't catch or sue. So 70, I don't want to freak people out, but it's important if you're going to use oils for your health, 75 to 80% of all oils on the market are adulterated. And that means that junk at XYZ, I don't want to get sued. So I'm not going to call them out, but the big box stores, it's not real. It's not real. And there are third party watchdog aromatherapy organizations now these nonprofits that are you invest some money, they're buying products all over and they're testing them. They're fake. They're fake. They're fake. Mm. So the bottom line is you can find good, real, pure essential oils and you don't need to worry about the source if the company is trustworthy. Gotcha. And they do seem a little pricey at first, but when you realize how small of a dose you use, it really puts in perspective that they're really not an expensive thing to add. I have two, two questions. One, I want to, uh, I don't want to lose this thought, but um, you mentioned this frankincense and that one I've heard stories about that, like yeah. it goes back to like biblical times or something that there's references to it. Like it's been used for a long time. I want to hear about that. But before that, I want to rewind. You were, um, you were talking about like preparation for sex, really. And I wanted to, I mean, you talked about the, the benefit of relaxing, what about on the flip side when it's, if you're looking to, I don't know how to say, like spice things up or if you wanted to uh, enhance uh, like a sexual encounter with mm-hmm. the use of oils and not necessarily just relaxing. Are there oils that are used for that or any like go-tos? Let me go back though. And this is for men. You need to be in the pair. An erection is a parasympathetic response. Okay. So you need to be in that parasympathetic state. Doesn't mean you need to be like comatose, half sleeping. You have to stop. And basically it's blood shunting. Okay. Think of it very like vasoconstricting. Yes. So when you see the bear and you're hiking, oh my God, I'm going to die. The blood shunts from your organs, the trunk into the your, your limbs, your hands, your feet, so you can move and you, you, you know, you can like create a fist so you can fight. Again, your digestion stops when you're in that state. You can't be in a state like that and have sex. So again, just simply the blood shunting, you need to get the blood back in the core. You need to get the blood, and if, especially men, you need to get the blood back into the penis. So you need to be in that parasympathetic state. So that's why your love blends, they're wonderful. They usually include ylang-lang. They'll include lavender. They'll include, um, you know, sometimes a cinnamon works. Uh, men, interesting. I remember this in uh, endocrinology when I was getting my doctorate. Um, men respond well to like pumpkin pie spice. So that's cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, allspice. I love it, by the way. And like as an aphrodisiac, as an aphrodisiac, men respond really well to that pumpkin pie spice kind of smell. Um, women, women need a different scent or no, it's just, it's just, they just did studies and they just found, um, by and large though, if you're looking for like Rose, see Rose is, and I guess I want to, you know, there is 
I could be listening to classical music. I could be diffusing a chilled out kind of oil and I'm not falling asleep. I'm just super focused, right? Meditation. Yeah, I might not be working out, but I want to encourage people that your excitement will come, especially when making love. Your excitement will come. You don't need to be jacked up on like Red Bull because ultimately what that's going to do is, is that that is that can be counterproductive and people don't recognize that. Um, you really want to get your place where you're mentally, you're emotionally, you're ready and you're, you'll have some wonderful experiences if you really kind of tap into this, tap into this, this understanding of the body. So what oils have um, that we include, like in, in my new book, I have this blend. It, it came from the research. It was profound. Like there's several different oils in the blend. Um, but when, I guess I'll, I'll encourage people with something. When it comes to blending, and again, you, you pick up my book and it says these 15 oils are good for this. Well, you don't use all 15. I mean, you got to use what works for you. And maybe you really don't like rose oil, for example, or you really don't like Lang Lang, or you just like, ugh, it turns you off. Like emotionally, spiritually, physically, don't use that. When you get a list of oils, you, you try them and you try a couple here, a couple there, like, you know, you got to do a little bit of experimenting and most in that environment though, for that, that task, would, yes. would you use a diffuser? That's not like a topical application. That's, diffuse. oh yeah, it is. Oh, oh yeah. It, it could be a lubrication. Oh, oh yeah. No that's kidding. another thing. Oh yeah. And that's really? something you want to highly, oh yeah. And this is highly diluted. And that's the other thing. It's, it's a wonderful, especially with coconut oil, you get some coconut oil, some jojoba oil. It's a wonderful um, lubrication. And for women, if you're pregnant, um, that's a great oil to massage the perineum to get ready. So you don't stretch and don't need an episiotomy. A lot of doctors don't do that anyway. So again, something we just went through with my wife, but yeah, it's a wonderful for body oil for diffusion. Um, I wouldn't, when it comes to the oils though, when it comes to the, um, use as a lubricant, um, you stick with Ylang Lang, Clary Sage, Geranium, Rose, Lavender, Roman Chamomile. All right. Um, Anything that that is very safe. Again, if these are all in the book, yeah, actually, I have a whole chapter on this. Um, which which book is that in? Is this the the healing uh, power of essential oils? Power. Okay, yeah, I talk a lot about you know I talk a lot about PMS and, and libido. Um, and in my new book too, by the way, my new book um, we have um, we talk more because people, especially with men, I cover a lot more for men. I didn't cover men at all in my first book. Um, When's the new book come out? September of 2021. It's called the oh. Essential Oils Apothecary. So yeah, it's it's a little bit away. So if you're using like a cinnamon pumpkin pie spice thing, that would be in the diffuser. But you know, you got to set the mood. And, I, and that and that phraseology means a lot more to me now that I do what I do professionally. Like you really want to set the mood. Um, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes you're, you know, you do what you do and, and you can have some fun. It can be spontaneous. But if you struggle in this area, this is where you need to be intentional. And it could be a lot of the foods that, that can help get you to a place of peace and calm and joy. And, and I would say these are the emotions that we're going for. These are definitely the emotions that we're going for. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, we, we totally should do a, a sex class one day, but I want to encourage people. That sounds cool. That, you know, using essential oils, even spraying your, your special love blend on the sheets, you know, 10, 15 minutes before going in the bed, or there's a lot you could do. Oh, that's 
there's a lot you could do without even thinking about it. aromatherapy, sensual, sexual massage. Like what's more erotic than that? Right. I mean, really. And so you can have fun. So thanks for sharing that. So getting back to the, the other question I had, what's the deal with this frankincense? I, I mean, for, I've heard stories like it's straight magic. Yeah. Um, and it dates back forever. What is frankincense? Yeah, frankincense is a resin from the frankincense tree. The, to answer the one question about really why you essentially, why am I hearing so much about it? It's because of network marketing. The reason you hear so much about frankincense is because Young Living and doTERRA, especially Young Living, has done a wonderful job of marketing this oil. And it's just pure grassroots marketing. Um, no one ever was talking about frankincense before really the network marketing companies came out. And so there is little but more research. There was virtually no research on frankincense until about 20 some years ago. And that's when Young Living came out and then doTERRA branched off in their own thing about 10 years ago. So that's really the reason why we're hearing about frankincense from an aromatherapy perspective. But look at the Christ child Christmas story, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I mean, frankincense, resin though. See, let, let me debunk another myth out there. Jesus didn't use essential oils because essential oils didn't exist back then. Why? Because they didn't have steam distillation. It's really that simple. And people argue with me like, no. There's no way you can, you can, they could have steam distilled frankincense to create an essential oil that we know as essential oil. What they did was like God told Moses in the book of Exodus, get this big old vat of olive oil, put some myrrh resin in it, put some cassia, put some cinnamon, put some, you know, aloe oil or aloe plant and let it steep just like we do for an herbal extract. That's what they used. They used herb. That was their perfume, herbal extracts, which was extremely diluted. It was like all olive oil. And then they allowed the essential oil to slowly steep out, extract out from the plant matter. That's what they did. And it wasn't until the ninth century AD that Arab alchemists invented steam distillation. And then it wasn't really until 100, 200 years ago that we even had the ability to create what we do today. So I just wanted to put that out there. But ancient Indian culture um, like India, not like American Indians, in ancient Indian culture, they've been practicing a practice called um, um, burning dupe, D-H-O-O-P. They, they burn frankincense resin as a spiritual practice to ward off evil spirits. But it's like, you get dupe, you get a, you get a rock of frankincense for pennies at the, at the market there, and you burn it as incense. So the people have been, and frankincense is wonderful. It's extremely meditative. Um, it's very grounding. Um, it could, you know, if this helps somebody, it could actually be an aphrodisiac, right? I mean, there's, there is no limit to what you could do, but because quite frankly, because some network marketing companies really liked it, they got some studies on it. And this was the one thing, um, they got some studies done about cancer and that shook like the world is like, wow, frankincense oil can kill cancer cells now. Whoa, what is this stuff? And then they just went off. And so it's not a bad thing at all. I mean, I, I, I celebrate the fact that we're even, truth be told, we're only having this conversation because of the network marketing companies. And my aromatherapy uh, mentor, her name is Scylla Shepard Hanger from the Atlantic Institute of Aromatherapy. I mean, she's been practicing aromatherapy longer than I've been alive. Wonderful. I call her the grandmother of aromatherapy. She told me that it was truly Gary Young who got the essential oils into the churches because he was Mormon at the time. And that's what made everything go. Because in America, the 
you know, predominantly a Christian country still, and was very much more 20 years ago, essential oils were looked at like many practices in the Christian faith as potentially demonic. And if you look at the doctrine, I don't know how deep you want to go, but if you look at the doctrine of like Catholic doctrine and the doctrine of even like Southern Baptist, they talk about body work. They talk about even massage therapy. They talk about things being of the devil. There's a lot of healthy, like unhealthy separation between natural solutions because they're considering things of transfer of spirits. And essentially anything that comes from the East is from Satan. And that's been a horrible stigma. And it wasn't until Gary said, hey, no, this is of the nature. This is from plants. The Bible says of the, from the leaves of the trees come the healing of the nations, Revelation 22 too, right? So Gary started preaching this. And again, I'm not selling young, young living, but let's give credit where credit's due. And he got oils predominantly accepted by the Mormon faith. And then um, non-denominational Christians and others were like, oh, what's this? And it took off. That's why we're literally having the conversation because 30 years ago, no, aromatherapists were hippie, pot smoking, patchouli wearing, patchouli wearing, right? Patchouli wearing. Everyone loves a patchouli, right? When you're smoking pot. That's what aromatherapy was. But now it's just like, it's unbelievable what it's done globally. People are like, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, my my great, great grandma used to do that stuff. Yeah. There's a reason because it works. Right. So it's been like an unlearning and a relearning. And so I hope people appreciate the history lesson. I do. And I recognize where we're at and why. But frankincense was the crux of it. Frankincense was the oil. It was the oil that made essential oils famous in America. And here we are. And now it's not like as famous. It's called the king of essential oils. But now other oils are coming up more research and people are realizing maybe you don't need to spend so much money because frankincense is kind of pricey. Maybe copaiba, which has a wonderful effect on the um, endocannabinoid system, by the way. So people that don't want to maybe take CBD, but they want the benefits of CBD. Well, boom. I love CBD. What's the one that you say? Copaiba. How do you spell that? C-O-P-A-I-B-A. And copaiba, like black pepper too, copaiba and black pepper have chemicals in it, beta caryophyllin, that interact with or stimulate the endocannabinoid system, but with absolutely zero, zero chance of any psychotropic effects. And that is a problem with CBD because like essential oils and like supplements, CBD is completely unregulated. Anyone can sell anything. And it's just as hard to find, and not hard, I want to say you have to be careful but there's a lot of CBD out there that's, that's really not CBD and it's other stuff, or it's just, it's has THC in it. So someone, you know, unknowingly is getting themselves high, not realizing that you shouldn't with pure CBD, there should be like zero THC in it. So anyway, I want to acknowledge so wait, that just through smelling co you, uh, let me see if I pronounce this right. Copaiba. Did I say that right? Not inhalation. I would, yeah, Copaiba, you're right. You, again, CBD, you need it in your bloodstream. I'm sorry, um, um, uh, the endocannabinoid system. Um, you, how about this? I can't say yes or no definitively. I would say if there's any effect that's minor, we're talking ingestion okay. and topical. Ingestion, just like how you ingest CBD, but also people are applying CBD topically and they get great results, especially for pain, inflammation, all sorts of things. So you could use something like copaiba, which has a profound effect. And there's, you look it up and you'll see some people saying, oh, copaiba makes you high because it stimulates and interacts with the endocannabinoid. 
you know, a ton of things, a ton of things interact with the endocannabinoid system. It's, it's like, a, it's a primal system in the body. It's like the olfactory system. You just haven't heard about it right. until now. And, you know, there's so much we haven't known and so much people don't realize about the body and how wonderful and dry, you know, the variety of the body and how this vast, this creation is that we're just piece by piece. We're tapping into it. So yes, copaiba is a big one. And that could, that could help a lot of different ways, but safe to ingest is get a three or four drops at the most in a gel capsule, fill that gel capsule up with some olive oil. You again, you always want to carry your oil. It helps the body metabolize it internally as well as protect the skin and see what happens. That's awesome. I want to touch on, I want one other, like, I guess, pro tip on some level about, uh, so I'm very intrigued about, um, you know, putting these into my environment, diffusing them, maybe using them in the whole sex experience a little bit more and uh, taking a, a little more intentional approach to how to use them for that. You mentioned one application in food. I think you were mentioning it with guacamole. Oh, yeah. Are there any, what, what are other, like what's a simple or, or a go-to recipe that you would add an essential oil to enhance or or if it's for like an actual medical benefit or a health benefit. That is where I'll refer people to the essential oils diet book. That book is filled with recipes on exactly that. Okay. One thing we share is there's a therapeutic in the book. We, th we talk about the difference between a therapeutic dose and a culinary dose, just like herbs. And any herbalist will tell you, you know, you could, you can add herbs in your food and now it has a, a slight, very minor, um, therapeutic, quote unquote, culinary dose, or you could, you know, level up, use more and, and, and treat it with pulses and capsules. And then you get more of a therapeutic dose when you use herbs like that. Same thing with oils. So um, essentially any oil or any oil can be converted from the ingredient that you see in your recipe. So for example, going back to cinnamon, um, for every teaspoon of a powder, we recommend like a drop or two at the most. So if your recipe requires like a tablespoon of, of cinnamon, for example, um, put two drops of cinnamon bark. And like that would be good for the entire recipe. Instead of the cinnamon, not on top of. I would say you could do both, by the way. Okay. I have found both. But you could replace if you want to. But I have not found a place where it's like, oh, it's overpowering. Maybe that's just me. But I would say try it. Maybe cut it in half. If it says one or two teaspoons of a powder, two teaspoons of a zest, orange, lemon, grapefruit zest, same thing. Um, um, mint, same thing. I mean, your peppermint and patties, you go back to that. It's Christmas time. You're making homemade candy canes, whatever. Same stuff. It's the same concept. The only thing, again, I want to caution you of is only use oils when there's a fatty substance. So don't just put a drop in your bath. You got to have a little olive oil or something, a hova. Don't just put a drop in your coffee. You want to have some, I, we, we don't do um, cow milk. So we'll do coconut milk. I'll have a little bit of coconut milk, put a drop or two of essential oils in that at the most two. Usually one is great. But yeah, drop a peppermint in your coffee or we do matcha green tea peppermint every morning. Coffee. It's it's my ritual, matcha green tea. I'll use um, one and a half to two or so drops of peppermint and cinnamon bark with matcha green tea and a little bit of stevia. I love stevia. And what I do, I do it bulletproof style. I, um, you know, bulletproof coffee, for those of you who have heard of it, they blend it. So what I'll do is uh, you can get a little bit of coconut oil, a little bit of... Um, 
Again, I have a recipe in the book. It's the essential oils diet if you want the actual recipe. But that's what we do. And I love it. I love matcha. I prefer that over coffee. It's a nice, it's catechin. It, it's um, there are the catechins. The antioxidants in matcha green tea are unparalleled. I mean, unparalleled to almost any other thing that you could buy in the market. It's wonderful. Whole leaf, you know, I, I mean, yeah. you have matcha much? You like matcha? A, a little bit. I, uh, I don't think I really do that well with it. Some the reason. flavor or just I like the body? flavor. Yeah, I don't think it. Um, I think eventually I had to just be honest with myself that at least at that time where I was trying it didn't seem to work well with me. Really? Okay. Yeah, Again, it was, I, was, I had very high expectations and I like really I like I like drinking it. I love the color of it. It worked <laughs> well with me and all I hear is good things about it. But I don't know. I, I'll try I, I it again one time. One. Hey, I'll give a shameless plug to you, Judo. Um, see, a problem with matcha is where is the tea harvested? And if it is harvested, I forget, forgive me if you're Japanese, but where the um, uh, the, the the nuclear spill was, like the geography, I believe is on the Eastern coast. So you need to be further, your, your, your tea plant, your tea plants, your tea farm needs to be like 150 plus miles away from the nuclear spill or that tea can be contaminated. People don't realize a lot of the green tea they're drinking is contaminated with radioactive isotopes. Like very minor. I mean, it's kind of scary. So, my that uh, you, you, gross. <laughs> it's real. So again, you learn about this. You can go to my website and type up Yujudo. You or just type up matcha. I got a bunch of stuff on it. But Yujudo is a company that is on the other side of of Japan, on the opposite where the nuclear spell was. So there's no, there has been no radioactive isotopes detected in their tea leaves. And it's a very pure feeling for me. Again, I'll, I'll sell you on it, but I love to, I love it. But anyway, um, coffee, tea, black tea, green tea, whatever, um, the sky's the limit. So in your desserts, in your food, put even a, even a drop of black pepper in your you know, bone broth soup, whatever. But one thing we're finding is we just like to enhance the flavor, but also that nice that nice, subtle culinary dose, because we're not here treating disease. It goes back to what you asked, routine. And we've routinely used herbs for flavor, but also we know that herbs are pretty good for us, but oils are even better because they're more powerful. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying some of these ideas and checking out these books too. Um, well, Dr. Z, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, this has been kind of eye-opening. I feel like we got a nice intro to what these oils are. And obviously there's many applications. I'm sure in your books, there's a lot more ideas of, of how to work these into our life and get the benefits of them. So I'm personally looking forward to exploring some of those myself. What is the uh, website? How do people find out more? Naturallivingfamily.com. Naturallivingfamily.com. And we'll go ahead and link to that in the, in the show notes. I really appreciate you taking the time again. And for the listeners out there, uh, really I'm grateful for you tuning in to listen to this conversation. I hope you got some value out of it. And if you feel like you know someone that could benefit from this, then please share it. Uh, Dr. Z, anything you'd like to add? Um, thank you. Thank you again. And folks, um, the two books are on Amazon, The Healing Power of Essential Oils and The Essential Oils Diet. And um, thank you again. I hope you all enjoyed the show and go on my website, leave me a question or, or you know, submit a contact form and see if I can help you out in any way. Sounds good. Well, thanks again, listeners. Y'all have a great day and stay tuned for more episodes.
Well, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate you got some value out of it. If you want to learn more, check out one of Dr. Zelinsky's book and take the deep dive yourself. I myself am looking forward to seeing how I could use these in more aspects of my life to gain benefit. And they just smell nice. I've never really smelled one that I didn't like. So uh, I'm excited to see where else these could be put in my life. Uh, if you are enjoying these podcasts, please let us know. And we'd be very grateful if you went and put a review on your podcast player. And of course, if you know someone that you think would find value of these, please share. And if there is a topic you'd like to hear about or a guest you'd like to hear, let me know and I'll do my best to cover it. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you guys have a terrific day.